Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 29 of the 2022 podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And I'll tell you what, day one of the NFL draft last night did not disappoint. Plenty of impact players coming off the board. We saw nine trades as well. First draft where we saw five defensive players taken at the top of the draft and not to mention we also saw five defensive players from Georgia all come off the board in round number one and when I look at my own mock draft I feel pretty good about it I look at the top 10 and I got the top 10 correct not in the exact order to the right team but I I did peg the top 10 players coming off the board correctly if I continue down and I look at things I actually had 26 out of the 32 picks in the first round, I actually had them coming off the board in round number one. There were six that were not, and we'll talk about them here in a minute. Um, when I looked at, at the Saints, uh, Chris Olave and Trevor Penning, I had them, the two of them pegged for quite a long time uh, to that team. Ultimately, I moved uh, Chris Olave around because I, I expected the Chargers, uh, if they didn't get a tackle, were ultimately going to go receiver. Didn't anticipate Zion Johnson being the selection there. I actually really love that pick because they are in need of both guard and tackle help. So getting Zion Johnson, the versatility there, I actually really love that pick for the Chargers at number 17 overall. Uh, you know, Jamison Williams, I had him coming off the board number 15 to the Eagles. Lions trading back into round number one. A little bit of a questionable case just because they're trading so much to get Jamison Williams, 32 and 34, plus another pick. But what they do get is one of the big speedsters in this draft. So when you look at, at that wide receiver core, I was expecting the Lions to ultimately take a receiver at some point in the draft. And you know, obviously you have Jared Goff likely to end up taking a quarterback at some point in the draft as well. But DJ Chark, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds... Khalif Raymond, Quintus Cephas, you really don't have a guy that's going to stretch the defense quite like Jamison Williams will. So I, I love that pick. Um, Jordan Davis, for a while I flirted with him at, at Philly there at 13. Um, that's where they, they ultimately traded up with the, the Houston Texans to get him. I thought maybe Minnesota might be interested in, in his services. So ultimately I didn't have him coming off the board to Philly, but I, I really like that pick because, look, you know their pass rush you know, has, has been shaky at times, so you get a guy in the middle that's going to really be able to collapse the pocket from within. Ravens and Kyle Hamilton. I didn't think Kyle Hamilton would still be on the board at 14. I had him going to Washington. I flirted with him at, uh, at, at Houston at number 13. Uh, the Ravens didn't think that, you know, I thought they had some other needs that they weren't going to go safety, but I think ultimately their board, they said best player available and they go Kyle Hamilton. So these were all players that I had coming off the board in that vicinity. I had Kenyon Green actually coming off the board, 24 to Dallas. I think Dallas, they did go offensive line, not in the direction I thought they were going to go. But you, you look at Kenyon Green, Houston, they do have a need up front. I think what they're looking at there with Kenyon Green is he has that versatility to play both tackle and guard, but I think Titus Howard is going to move outside, back outside to that right tackle position and let Kenyon Green take over that guard spot and you know, really show up the interior of that line. Washington, if they didn't take Kyle Kyle Hamilton, uh, you know, I flirted with them with the receiver for quite a bit with my mock draft. I actually had Jahan Dotson going to Tennessee at, at number 26 overall, but still seeing them take him, uh, the, the Washington Commanders, at number 16 overall. That made a lot of sense. Uh, you look at Tennessee at 18. They, they made that trade uh, to get that pick. Ultimately, they, they traded away A.J. Brown 
and you know to the Eagles and, and what a what a find what a pick by the Eagles. I knew that the Eagles were going to need to get a receiver at some point, right? You know, you have uh, Devontae Smith, but you need to add weapons for Jalen Hurts. You get AJ Brown to pair with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard there at tight end. Great selection. So then you get Traylon Burks. I have Burks actually coming off the board 22 overall to Green Bay. So Tennessee getting there at 18, I thought was really good value. Uh, you move further along, Kenny Pickett. When I first started the process, I thought maybe Kenny Pickett uh, to, to Pittsburgh if he falls. Um, and so I, I think that's one of those picks. A lot of people were thinking maybe it'd be Malik Willis. And I kind of trended that way as well because what was Mike Tomlinson talking or Mike Tomlin talking about? Tomlin was saying he wanted to get more athletic at the quarterback position. And I think Kenny Pickett, is he athletic? Yes, I think he, you know his athleticism is, is kind of understated, but... I think Malik Willis, the superior athlete with it, I I think really what you're seeing there is Malik Willis needs a little bit more time to develop before we can really put him out on the football field. So Kansas City moves up to 21 with with, with the Patriots. I had them taking a corner and a defensive end, but again, that was a 29 and 30. Not expecting Trent McDuffie to be on the board at 21. I don't think the Chiefs were either. They move up and get him. I love that. And then, you know, Boye Mafe, I had him. He's going to be one of my second round gems that, that we're going to be talking about here in a little bit. But George Karloftis, another guy I was not anticipating being there at number 30. Kansas City, I think, gets really good value there. Nicely done. You move down, uh, you know, Green Bay. This was one of the picks where I kind of got uh, got sidetracked and off off the rails with my draft. It started here at 22 uh, with Quay Walker. And so I knew that they needed speed at the inside linebacker position, but I thought they would actually go pass rush, thinking that they would pair uh, you know, Arnold Ebiketti with, with the likes of uh, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. They decided to go to the interior, that, that, that the linebacking core. I can't hate him for that because they need to get more athletic, and you pair him with Devondre Campbell. You have Chris Barnes, the thumper there. Uh, you know, It's not a bad pick overall. Then you move to Buffalo at 23. And I ultimately, at one point in my mock draft, I had Buffalo taking a corner. I actually had him taking Andrew Booth Jr. uh, Because Levi Wallace no longer on the roster. You need a corner to pair up with Tredavious White, who's coming off injury. Um, I I had Kyrie Elam as well coming off the board in round one for a while to Cincinnati. And uh, ultimately thought that he might slip to to round two. Uh, But still, I I like the fit there for Buffalo. They need that corner there. Dallas 24, really a curious pick here with, with Tyler Smith. I had a two, uh, second round grade on him. All the penalties and the sloppy technique, they really needed to get that, that figured out. And I just don't see him being a factor next year. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Terrence Steele playing, playing that right tackle position. You've got Connor McGovern sliding into the guard spot. Uh, so I think if you're looking long term, they're hoping that Tyler Smith can develop. But uh, I, I just don't see him being an immediate fit there. Baltimore at 25, I think kind of surprised people a little bit. You know, with, with Tyler Linderbaum, a lot of what you're talking about there is, is, is he the right fit for your offense? Baltimore, hey, we're not worried about the lack of size. We're not worried about the the, the arm length. Ultimately, we're getting a guy that we know uh, has the talent to be an all-pro center. Center's a need, so they bring him in there. Can't hate that. I had him going 31 overall to Cincinnati. 26, the Jets. Can we talk about the Jets here for a second? Because we're going to pop back into the top 10. Uh... But the Jets, they wind up going Sauce Gardner at four. So you get the number one corner on the board. At 10, you go Garrett Wilson, uh, my number two wide receiver on the board after Drake London. And then 
you get back into round one. You need a pass rusher. I had him taking Kayvon Thibodeau in my mock draft. They get Jermaine Johnson at 26, a guy who had 11 and a half sacks uh, this past season with Florida State. Uh, so I, I think the Jets, you know, one of the big winners in this draft. Excellent job there. Then you look at, at Jacksonville at 27. I had Devin Lloyd actually going, coming off the board 21 overall. So uh, you know, pretty good value there for Jacksonville. When you look at that linebacking core, you know, you, obviously you've got uh, Josh Allen. There's Kalevin Chason on the outside, but on the interior there, uh, you know, you have Foyasadi uh, Oluwokan. You have uh, Shaquille Quarterman. You're going to need to get some playmakers there at that inside linebacker position. So I really like Devin Lloyd. You know, I talked about his versatility, the fact that he's a converted safety, a guy that's going to be able to play sideline to sideline, come downhill against the run as well, a guy that's going to be able to drop into coverage. He's going to be able to bend the corner, blitz through the A-gap, and also be able to put his hand in the dirt rushing the quarterback. So I think that's really a nice pick there for the Jaguars. Good value at 27 overall for uh, Devin Lloyd. Green Bay at 28, and I've talked about the fact that they need to get Kenny Clark some help. They've got Jaron Reed already. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, from a need standpoint, makes perfect sense, right? I, I think he's a great athlete, but I, I think, and I actually had him. If you if you look at, at my, my mock draft on readyforthedraft.com, I actually have my, my mock draft from 4-7 listed there, and, and my pick for Green Bay was Devontae Wyatt. I moved him off Green Bay essentially because of those character concerns. There, there was reports uh, of possible or allegations of multiple domestic violence uh, re reports, and, and so there was a big concern there. I think it was uh, I got the information from from WalterFootball.com, uh, and. If he's fallen off draft boards, that's ultimately why I took him out of there. But I think in terms of the actual uh, pick and, and the need, makes perfect sense for Green Bay there at 28. 29 is, is the interesting pick. Uh, New England Patriots, I don't know if you saw uh, um, you know, Sean McVay and Les Snead when they saw that Cole Strange was taken. They said, well, we, we wasted our time. We thought he was going to be around at, at you know, pick 100. But this is a Bill Belichick type of guy. He's a you know a throwback, a no nonsense type of dude. Uh, this is a guy that's going to look to try to beat you up a little bit up front. So it makes some sense there from from a Bill Belichick standpoint. Just kind of curious that he comes off the board in round one. In terms of his talent, this is a dude that can play center. He can play guard. I think he's a guy that has Pro Bowl potential. But he just I think you probably could have gotten him middle of round two and been just fine. Um, Cincinnati at 31, Daxton Hill. I had him coming off the board 34 overall to Detroit. At one point, I actually had him coming off the board 32 to the to the Lions and uh, changed my, my mock-up just a little bit. Minnesota at 32, getting Lewis seen. I, you know, I've talked about them getting a, a safety in, in round two or round three. At one point, I had them mocking uh, you know, Jalen Petrie. They get Lewis seen. I had him coming off the board to, to Tampa. Tampa ultimately traded out of round number one. Uh, and I can't fault him for that. So when you look at at Lewis Seen there at 32, you know, really, you know, pretty good value overall for Minnesota. They they get a guy who's going to be able to fly around to the football. We go back up to the to the top of the draft because we started at 11 with this conversation. We look at the Jacksonville Jaguars again. They got Devin Lloyd later in the draft. They take Trayvon Walker, and that's really Trent Balky taking the the guy who has that length and the the projection more more than anything else. If Brenston Buckner can turn him into the pass rusher that they seem to think he can be, then you've got a complete player. But that's really the big if right now, right? So the Lions, 
another team really hit a home run. You get Aiden Hutchinson. He falls to you. Brad Holmes, as I said in the last pod, podcast, that you're looking at uh, Trent Balky. He makes his Christmas card list this year. Aiden Hutchinson really going to be that personality on the defensive side of the football. Then you get an instant impact guy trading up to number 12 overall to ultimately get uh, Jamison Williams. Houston Texans. You know, there were rumors that if they were going to go corner, that they liked Derek Stingley over Sauce Gardner. There, there's really no depth there at that corner position for the Houston Texans. So I love the fact that they get um, get Stingley there, and then they, they ultimately uh, trade back to 15, uh, trade with the Eagles, and, and ultimately end up getting Kenyon Green. So they shore up that offensive line. Not a bad day overall. Mention the Jets. Thought that they were one of the big winners of the draft. You look at the Giants. Uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. I mean. Good lord, these guys at one point were talked about as the one and two, you know, picks in this draft, uh, leading into the pre-draft process. Um, I actually had Evan Neal coming off the board at number five. I thought Kayvon Thibodeau. I had him coming off the board at four. So in terms of the value, it makes a lot of sense uh, here with it. And so they address that pass rush. They give uh, Aziz Ojulari a running mate there. Evan Neal playing right tackle where he was at his best. Uh, you know, opposite Andrew Thomas that really helped solidify that line. Carolina didn't go quarterback. I think you know we were convinced that that was not going to happen. They get Ikem Ekwanu falls all the way to number six. I don't know how the heck that happened, but it did. And so you've got Ikem Ekwanu. You know you can then put him there at, at left tackle, which means Brady Christensen moves inside to left guard. Atlanta gets my number one wideout in Drake London. I knew they were going to take a receiver. I thought maybe they'd go Garrett Wilson because they have Kyle Pitts. Now you've got the Twin Towers there on the outside. Uh, you know, and, and if you listen to my podcast, you know I'm a big fan of, of Drake London. Look, USC, Drake London was their offense. And teams knew number 15 was going to get the ball, double-digit targets, and yet they still could not stop him. So that's why Drake London, to me, that's a great pick there for Atlanta. And then you you have Seattle there at number nine. Um, again, offensive tackle. You've got Dwayne Brown, who's a free agent. You get Charles Cross. You get that pass protector there. Probably the best pure pass protector in this draft uh, at number six overall. So if you do have to move on from Dwayne Brown, you have a guy that's going to be able to hold down the left side of that line. So really a fun first round, lots of trades, uh, you know, didn't even mention the fact that uh, Arizona, um, you know, if, if you noticed, we didn't have Arizona there because they dealt the pick ultimately to get Hollywood Brown. You reunite him with his college quarterback, Kyler Murray, and so now you've got that additional receiver. You lost Christian Kirk. This ultimately gives you that vertical threat to pair in there with with DeAndre Hopkins and, and AJ Green and and, and company. So uh, really a, a nice job there by by Arizona. You know, it sounds like Lamar Jackson that kind of caught him off guard. Um, rightfully so if, if he wasn't involved in the conversation. So when you look at day two, there are a lot of guys that are still going to be out there, right? So, uh, you know, really Tampa at the top in round number two, especially what's going on with Indomitian Sue. I'm looking at a guy like Logan Hall would make a lot of sense for them there at the top of the draft. You've got, uh, 
you know, the Vikings sitting there, um, you know, the Vikings could potentially target a linebacker. I, I think, you know, Channing Tindall, Leo Chanel would make a lot of sense for them. Tennessee, they're at 35. Could this be where Malik Willis goes? I think Malik Willis, when you're talking quarterbacks, um, I, I think Malik Willis could end up coming off the board to Tennessee. I, I think you could also see uh, Sam Howell, uh, Matt Corral. This is where you're really going to start seeing the sweet spot of, of these quarterbacks. I actually had Desmond Ritter going to Tennessee at one point as well. So a lot of options there for Tennessee. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, he's 34 years of age. We also saw the performance in the playoffs. A lot to be desired there. So I think Tennessee likely going to go quarterback at 35. Uh, you know, you're looking at the Giants sitting there at 36 overall. Um, you know, they've already uh, made the move, gotten their offensive tackle. They, they've been able to get um, their pass rusher. So I think this is where they're going to go corner. You know, we're talking about James Bradbury likely gone. Andrew Booth Jr. still out there. That's going to be a nice selection there for them. Houston at, at 37. Houston needs a wideout. They need somebody to, to pair with Brandon Cooks. Uh, and so I think Christian Watson, uh, George Pickens, those are guys that they could potentially target there as well. Um, you know, the Jets, good Lord. You know, the Jets just did an absolutely tremendous job in round number one. They get their pass rusher, they get their corner, and they get their, their wide receiver. Those are all areas of need for sure for them. Um, I think at this point, if they're not sure about the offensive tackle position, you could target Abraham Lucas out of Washington State or potentially Bernard Raymond. Um, so I, I think that's an area that they could go. They could also look safety. Jaquan Brisker still out there. So I think he could get a safety there and be just fine as well. Uh, the Bears sitting there at 39. I had them taking Tyler Smith. I think they're going to probably want to get a, uh, a tackle at some point. But sitting there at 39, there are all these receivers that are out there. Sky Moore still out there. I mentioned George Pickens as well. Um, John Mechie, uh, Jalen Tolbert, and obviously you know, Alec Pierce as well. Um, so the Bears have some options. Then Seattle sitting there at, uh, at 40 and 41. You know, this is where it's going to really get interesting because I think this is where Nicobe Dean could come in and replace Bobby Wagner. I think you could take Arnold Abichetti to get you a pass rusher or they could throw us the curveball. If Malik Willis is still on the board, you've got Malik Willis or Matt Corral, who was his college coach, Lane Kiffin. And who did Lane Kiffin coach with at USC? It was Pete Carroll. So I think those are definitely possibilities there with, with Seattle. Indy at 42. Could they go quarterback? I think that's also entirely possible as well. Why? Well, because Matt Ryan's on the roster. He's not going to be your long-term option. A guy like Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter could learn behind him. And then, shoot, Atlanta right after that, sitting there at 43. They could go pass rusher. Look, David Ojabo's still out there. So I, I think David Ojabo... Um, could even go to the Texans there uh, at 37 overall. If not, then Atlanta could be the pick there at 43. I think Atlanta may consider trying to trade up uh, to get Malik Willis as well, get the, the homegrown product that's really going to kind of rejuvenate and uh, galvanize the fan base there in Atlanta, much like the, the pick of Aiden Hutchinson is going to do for Detroit. Uh, Cleveland. Look, I still think Travis Jones makes a lot of sense there. They get a, a guy in the middle of that defense. Um, you move on to the to the Ravens, and I think the Ravens sitting there, they, they, they have some options. 
Um, you know, they've already taken a, a safety and a center, so I think they could go inside linebacker. Um, you know, Josh Bynes was re-signed, but they need somebody to, that's really going to be uh, a running mate there with uh, Patrick Queen. So I think Channing Tindall, um, Leo Chanel would make a lot of sense here. The Lions end up getting the Vikings pick there at number 46 overall. I think this is where they could go safety to pair up with uh, uh, Tracy Walker. So th when you think about that, there's there, there's uh, Jalen Petrie, uh, Jaquan Brisker, really possibly taking the, the top safety that's that's still available on the board. Um, it would behoove the Lions to to look in that direction. Washington sitting there at 15. That's another team that could potentially target a, a, a safety. Um, they've already gotten their receiver. They could double up at the receiver position depending on, on who's still sitting there. Um, so I think that could be a direction that Washington goes as well. Chicago uh, sitting there at 48. I, I think this could be where, where Logan Hall, if he doesn't come off the board earlier, Logan Hall going there to the Bears. Um, they, they need some help on the at the defensive tackle position, Fidarian Mathis, Perion Winfrey, other guys that I am looking at as potential fits there for the Bears um, at, at defensive line. Look, you're going to have to replace Akeem Hicks, and so that's what they're going to really need to, to work on there. Um, you know, the Chiefs at number 50, they don't have a receiver. That's okay. You can get John Mechie at number 50. I think that's a good chance that you can get that vertical threat there. That would make a lot of sense. The Eagles... You know, they, they, they end up getting a receiver so they don't have to worry about one later on in the draft. Um, you also look at them. They get Jordan Davis. I think they could go edge rusher here. Um, I, I think there's a good chance that uh, Cameron Thomas could potentially be that guy. Um, you know, he, He's one of those guys that I've been, been targeting and, and been talking about as one of the sleepers at, at that defensive end position. I, I think there are a lot of guys um, in this range that could be available there for Philly. I think Boye Mafe would be another guy that uh, I could see coming off the board here. Even Sam Williams out of Mississippi, uh, Drake Jackson out of USC, although I think he'll be playing outside linebacker. Um, you know, those are all guys that you could consider there for Philly uh, in, in round number two. Uh, the Steelers sitting there at, at 52. They got their quarterback, so now what do they do? They could get another receiver. How about Jalen Tolbert or Alec Pierce on the outside? Um, you know, you need... More, more help there for whoever's going to be under center, uh, whether it's uh, you know Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. They've got Clay, uh, Chase Claypool. They also have Deontay Johnson. You need to get another receiver in there. Um, Green Bay sitting there at 53 overall. This could be where Trey McBride comes off the board. I think Trey McBride really, he can come off the board at 33 to, to Tampa. Uh, the Vikings at 34, possibly. Even the Giants at 36. There are a lot of teams that could be looking for a tight end. I think 53... You get a weapon there for Aaron Rodgers. I think, to me, that makes a lot of sense. If not, then the, then Green Bay goes receiver in round number two. Look, you know when you think about some of the, the wide receivers that have had success there with the Packers, from Devontae Adams to uh, you know Randall Cobb to Jordy Nelson, these guys were day two receivers. They weren't first-round picks, and they were just fine. So I think Green Bay, if they get a guy like Alec Pierce, if they end up getting a guy like John Mechie or Jalen Tolbert, Trey, Trey McBride in there, I think it, they'll be just fine. They'll be okay. Patriots at 54. This could be where we see uh, Chad Muma. I think you know Trey, uh, Troy Anderson there out of uh, Montana State. 
He's another guy that uh, you know, very versatile a guy who played quarterback and running back for uh, you know for the Bobcats. Was also a punter. Had 150 tackles this past season. Feels like a Bill Belichick type of guy. Uh, so those are two guys that I could see targeting uh, the the Patriots targeting. They also need another corner with the loss of J.C. Jackson. So Roger McCreary would be a guy to keep an eye out for. Uh, the Cardinals at 55. I think they do need to get an edge rusher. I talked about that in, in my last podcast. Um, you know, Chandler Jones is gone. You've got Marcus Gold in there. He needs a running mate. I think Drake Jackson out of USC could potentially be that guy. Uh, Dallas Cowboys sitting there at 56. Again, get another pass rusher to pair with uh, Demarcus Lawrence. You already have uh, Dante Fowler on the roster there as well. So I think Cam Thomas, if he's available has to be a guy that they would consider. Also, uh, Sam Williams from, from Ole Miss makes a lot of sense as well. Bill's sitting there at number 57 overall. This could be where, where Brees Hall ends up coming off the board. Uh, you know, I know running backs have been devalued, and when you look at Brees Hall and we look at some of their other areas where he could go, Tampa at 33. I actually had him mocked to the Giants at one point because I think they do need a, a true backup for Saquon Barkley. Um, Texans. Uh, I, I know they, they they just signed Marlon Mack, but that could be an area. Same thing with the Jets. Getting additional weapons there for Zach Wilson, getting a guy that can be a, a weapon uh, as a three-down back. Atlanta could potentially consider that as well. The running game, you know, among the worst in in the in the league. But uh, if the Bills have their say, I think they'll end up going Brees Hall. If not, Kenneth Walker III will be a nice consolation prize there as well. Um, Atlanta gets back into things there at number 58. If they don't go pass rusher uh, with their first pick, then I think this is where they go with the pass rusher. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they play that. They could go quarterback as well, um, just depending on where they go. Nick Benito out of Oklahoma could be a guy there at 58. I had Green Bay taking ultimately taking the uh, Marvin Leal there at, at 59 overall. I think this will be where they get either the tight end or the receiver. Uh, they need to get weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, has to be done. Uh, Tampa Bay, then they're at number 60. And when I look at Tampa Bay and, and what they are, are looking to do, again, and Dominican Sue not on the roster. If they don't go Logan Logan Hall at the top, then I, I think they could go for Darian Mathis there out of Alabama. I think he'd be a nice fit there, a guy who could be an interior pass rusher. Look, he had nine sacks this past season, so I think he would be a nice fit there for Tampa. You could see them either going Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker the third to be that additional running back. Because, look, Leonard Fournette was their bell cow, but then he shared some of the, the running duties with, uh, with with Ronald Jones. Then you had the, the three of them, both uh, the, those two guys plus Giovanni Bernard, those three running backs in the passing game. And uh, so I, I could see Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, potentially uh, you know going, coming off the board here, even at number 60. At 61, San Francisco, I think they have to go receiver. The whole situation with Debo Samuel, uh, you know, they don't have to trade Debo, but I think they do need to get another receiver in there in the event. Ultimately, that doesn't work out. So I'm looking at Sky Moore as a possibility there. Uh, you know, John Mechie again and, and uh, Alec Pierce. Uh, Casey sitting there at, at number 30. Um, talked about them taking a wide out. Um, Getting a defensive lineman, this could be where DeMarmin Leal comes off the board. You pair him with, with Chris Jones along the interior of that line. Cincy, um, ultimately, I, I think Cincy's going to need to get a corner. 
So there's a chance that Roger McCreary could end up being that guy. Um, you know, I could also see them going defensive tackle because, look, Larry Ogunjobi is no longer there. So Perry on Winfrey makes a lot of sense. And then Denver sitting there at 64. They do need to get more athletic at that inside linebacker position. So, you know, the guys that we've talked about before already at inside backer, Kenneth Walker, uh, the, the third, could be a, a running back that they could consider as well. Why would they do that? Because they just re-signed Melvin, Melvin Gordon. But look, Melvin Gordon is only on a one-year deal, I believe. So you'd be able to get a running back for the future. So that's kind of how I see round two shaping up. And I think really when you're talking about some of the picks uh, in round number three, it all depends on the direction that a lot of the teams go in round number two. There are a lot of options, a lot of really good players that are out there. But looking at additional day two picks, if you're looking at the quarterback position, again, I think Matt Corral, Sam Howell, um, you know, Malik Willis, obviously, and then Desmond Ritter with Carson Strong as, as the the wild card there. I think you could see as many as uh, as four quarterbacks, um, possibly five on day two. Uh, I think that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Um, and, and then you, you move to the running back position in addition to Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker III. Then you're talking about guys like James Cook out of Georgia, uh, a, a guy that can be versatile, um, runs a lot like his brother Dalvin. Um, you know, you, you look at, at a guy like Isaiah Spiller coming out of Texas A&M, a 1,000-yard rusher, a guy that can be physical between the tackles and on the, on the perimeter as well. Um, you know, another guy, uh, Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. This was a guy that really Cincinnati's offense went as he did. And so I, I think that would be a nice selection there, uh, probably in round number three. Uh, other guys that could be fringed round three guys, Damian Pierce out of Florida, uh, potentially Rashad White out of Arizona State, even Kyron Williams. I know that slow 40 times scared some people away, but he uh, could be one of those options there. I think Brian Robinson out of Alabama, the physical running back, a guy who actually showed better hands than I was expecting uh, from him. So that those are some of your options at the running back position on day two. Um, if you look at the receiver position, we've mentioned a lot of guys already there in round number two. I think round three-wise, you're looking at possibly Wandale Robinson out of Kentucky. I had him mocked to Cincinnati. I'm sorry, to Cleveland. I'm looking at uh, Khalil Shakir out of uh, Boise State. He's another guy that I really like. I think someone that, that we could potentially see come off the board in uh, in round number three. The versatility reminds me a lot of uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, Kyle Phillips is one of those guys who could find his way into round three because of his, his ability to be a... Uh, a slot, not only as a possession receiver, but a guy who has just tremendous hands and a guy that is able to separate, even though he's not the fastest guy in the world. I think David Bell out of Purdue and Calvin Austin, two guys whose games are completely different. You have the, the, the mini diminutive slot receiver in Calvin Austin, a guy who I think would replace T.Y. Hilton very well there in Indy. Then you've got David Bell, uh, more of a, a physical route runner, Amon Ross St. Brown type of guy. Tight ends, this is where we're starting to get into the sweet spot for the tight end position. I think Greg Dulcich uh, could potentially come off the board to the Giants. Uh, Isaiah Likely be one of those vertical threats. Um, Jeremy Ruckert, one of the more underrated pass catchers. Everyone wants to talk about his blocking, but really his hands are something that I think really stand out to me. And I'll give you one sleeper as a guy that may find his way into round three, and that's Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State. 
Ran a 4.6340 at the combine, 22 reps at 225 in the bench press, 34 and a half inch vertical leap. Showed some some pretty good agility. I watched him as a pass catcher. Really solid hands. I compared him a little bit to, to George Kittle because look, he just had uh, 31 catches for 357 yards and two touchdowns this past season. And while he's not quite the athlete that George Kittle is, look, George Kittle was underutilized there at Iowa in the passing game. Everybody knew about him as a blocker. Everyone knows about Daniel Bellinger as a blocker, but I watch him just the agility and, his, and he's an easy, uh, easy mover as a route runner. And then the hands, um, he's one of those guys that I think could be a sleeper there in round number three at the tight end position. You move to the offensive line, and I think this is where you could really target quite a few guys. Daniel Fa'alele, the mammoth offensive tackle there in Minnesota. Hey, you know Pittsburgh Steelers, if you need a right tackle, this could potentially be your guy. Chargers, you've got a guard. Now you can get your tackle there, replace uh, Storm Norton, who really struggled at that right tackle position as well. Um, I think you can get a couple of really solid guards in, in Darian Kennard and, and Sean Ryan uh, and... Uh, you know, how about Jamari Sawyer as well? So th- there's some guards that, that I can see coming off the board. I already mentioned Parham and um, and Jurgens at the center position. But uh, looking at, at the tackle spot, um, I mentioned Abraham Lucas possibly coming off the board in round two. Talked about Fa'alele there as well. I think Bernard Ryman. This is going to be probably in that, that second Mid, mid to late second round is probably where we're going to see Bernard Ryman come off the board. Um, he's a guy that I think from a, a developmental standpoint has a little bit of ways to, to continue to go, but really a quick learner, quick study. Started his career there with the Chippewas as a 245-pound tight end and then converted to tackle and uh, has really uh, blossomed into a, a legit day two prospect. Ed Ingram out of LSU, uh, another guy who could be a fringe day two prospect, a guy who can be very physical in the running game. He's a guy to keep an eye out for. Nicholas Petit-Ferrer has versatility to play both the uh, left and right tackle. Uh, did so both sides of the line, be able to move back and forth there for Ohio State. Uh, Rasheed Walker out of Penn State, a fringe player there, possibly come off the board in round number three, possibly round four. I'll give you one other name, Zach Tom. A guy that I think could end up playing any position along that offensive line um, was the left tackle there for Wake Forest. Uh, really a good athlete, easy mover there as well. He's a guy that I think could sneak into round number three. If we look at the the defensive lineman edge rushers, um, you know Amari Barno is is a guy that's, that's very athletic. I mentioned uh, you know Nick Benito, uh, Thomas Booker, and, and Matthew Butler, fringe guys there. Same with Zach Zach Carter. Those guys will likely be fourth or fifth round picks. So I think they probably will, will be on the board later on. Kingsley Anigbare, I, I think you know not as explosive as everyone was expecting. He might be a late day two pick um, if he does come off the board on day two. Um, Mentioned Boye Mafe, um, but I think D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky. I've got him mocked to the Rams. I think the Rams need to replace the production from from Von Miller getting after the quarterback. So I like that pick there. I think Josh Pascal is a guy that should be coming off the board in round number three. I could see him going to Cleveland. Look, Miles Garrett's going to need help coming uh, coming off the edge. So I really like that selection there. Jaden Peavy out of Texas A&M, another defensive tackle who uh, can get after the quarterback a little bit, push the pocket from the interior of that line. Uh, Maje Sanders out of Cincinnati could be a, a second or an early third round pick. 
uh, coming out of Cincinnati, another edge rusher uh, with a lot of speed getting after the quarterback. So those are those are the edge rushers, possibly even Alex Wright out of UAB, uh, 6'5", 271, you know, kind of a raw edge rusher, but a guy that I think uh, has a bright future there at the next level. Brian Asamoa, if we transition to the linebackers, Brian Asamoa is a guy that I think could be either a late second, early third round pick. Uh, Darian Beavers, the same. I think he'll probably be more of a third round pick, uh, but a guy that I think should, shouldn't uh, be on the board when we're talking about day three prospects. You look at Christian Harris out of Alabama. This is a, a guy who really does well coming downhill. You saw that 4-4-4 speed. We saw the three sacks uh, you know, in, in the national championship game. But this is a guy who I think struggles going sideline to sideline. He struggles dropping into coverage a little bit. I think that's why his draft stock will, will drop and we'll see him slide possibly into that round three range. And uh, I think that would ultimately be really good value for him. Brandon Smith out of Penn State, really a versatile athletic linebacker. I think the Chargers in round three could potentially target him. They need some help at that linebacker position. I'll give you one other name as a guy that, look, you know, we've already seen Bill Belichick go crazy and, and take you know Cole Strange in round one, targeting his board. And that's the thing that you will say about Bill, Bill Belichick. He doesn't de- deviate from his board. We saw him take the, the tight ends early on a couple of drafts ago. Um, that was a bit of a surprise. Look, you know, we know Bill Belichick is going to is going to do what he wants with his board. I'm looking at Malcolm Rodriguez out of Oklahoma State. 5'11", 232 pounds, a guy who has over 400 tackles in his career, including 129 this past season, had 16 tackles for loss this past season as well. Very athletic, converted safety, undersized, 5'11", 232, but look, man, a 4'5", 240, had a 39 and a half inch vertical leap at the combine. He could be a guy that could sneak into round number three. I could absolutely see Bill Belichick pulling the trigger there. And then finally, the defensive backs. Already talked about the safeties uh, quite a bit, but if you're looking into things, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati, the Jim Thorpe Award winner at corner. Tarek Castro-Fields from Penn State could be a, a third-round pick when it's all said and done. As uh, Same with Brian Cook out of, out of Cincinnati. Get a safety there. A guy that can play Nick Cross gives you a lot of versatility coming out of Maryland. Um, you know, Martin Emerson, a bigger corner, 6'2", 201. He could be a, a third-round pick. Um, you know, so there, there's some guys there that, that could be happy. How about Marcus Jones out of Houston, a guy who can uh, you know, play that cornerback position, also in the return game, has nine returns, uh, kick returns, four touchdown. Um, so he's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, so you know, Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska, there, there's a solid corner, a guy that can, can play inside or out. So he gives you some versatility there. And then, you know, Tar- uh, Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. Look, 6'4", 205, ran a 4'2", 640. A lot of length on the outside, converted receiver, still developing. But he feels like a guy that could end up going to Seattle there in round number three when it's all said and done. So went through quite a bit. We talked about day two of the draft. Number one is in the books. So tune in, watch the second and third round. We'll see how everything plays out. We'll talk about what to expect Come day three, at the end of uh, of day two, and we'll take a look at, at where you know, who really won day two, and uh, look forward, like I said, to, to day three of the draft. And then once we have all three days of the draft in the books, we'll have a draft recap and really look at how these teams improved, who were the winners, who were the head scratchers, and take things from there. So for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Enjoy day two of the draft. Come back. We'll talk about it all over again and uh, get ready for day three 
And until next time, everyone, I am out of here.